Thanks, Retta. Great reading. Uh, we've got a, uh, a big topic before us today. We're going to think about this adventurous value that uh, we've heard about and that Glenn prayed so wonderfully about. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, so I'm going to um, get Andrew up in a second to come and help me. And uh, it's going to be a choose-your-own-adventure sermon. So you're going, to have, you're going to have fun today, I think. We'll see how we go. This is, in, this is in living out being adventurous, right? Okay, so I'm being a little bit adventurous. Hopefully you'll be a little bit adventurous uh, with me. Um, I'm going to pray and ask that God might be merciful. And then um, we'll see where we go. How's that sound? You'd like to pray for that, I'm sure. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're good, that you're gracious, uh, Father, and that you are here today. I pray, Lord, that you might help us to think about this adventurous value, that we might take it on ourselves, and we ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, I want to start you off on thinking about being adventurous today with a picture of you and your life and this canoe. That might be uh, adventurous enough for many of you. Uh, we're in, we're in uh, a fast-flowing river, and what I've asked you to do is to grab your life uh, that means the, all the things that are precious to you. Maybe the, in the canoe goes your kids, uh, your life saving. Maybe you have a, a car that you love. It's in the canoe. The canoe's pretty flexible because it's a metaphorical canoe. Are you, are you doing okay? All right, okay. So we've got, we've got on board the canoe all the things that we want to have in our life, okay? And the canoe starts shooting down the river. No problems. We're, we're doing really well. And then you run into a set of rapids. Now, I have actually done this in practice. It's pretty exciting. Has anyone else ridden white water? Yeah, a couple of you. Great. So that's pretty adventurous, okay? This canoe is not really designed for that. And so as it gets to the rapids, uh, it flips over and your life goes into the water. More than that, just past where the rapids are, there's a gigantic waterfall. And uh, it's going off into, uh, into eternity. It's pretty high. Your canoe is turned up, all of your life is in the water. It's going towards eternity. What do you grab first? What do you grab first? You go, well, if I'm wet, but I have all my money, I can probably restore it. So you're swimming, swimming towards the bag that holds all the money. Maybe some of you go, look, doesn't matter about the money. I'm actually going to get the kids. So you go for the kids. Well done you, by the way. That's a good choice. Um, some of you might think, look, you know what? There's just me. Um, I've been working a lot on this thing. That's my hobby. That's my passion. I'm going to grab that and try and drag it to the side. All the time, the current is flowing towards this waterfall. And all of a sudden, a hand reaches out from above you and says, take my hand. If you take the hand, everything else will go over the waterfall. What will you seek? What will you seek? Today we want to think, what will you seek first? What would be the thing that you grab if you stood to lose everything? Where would you turn first? Where would you turn first? Jesus said in the reading that Reda just brought us, seek first the kingdom. The first thing that we are supposed to grab as we hurdle towards eternity is to grab the hand that saves us. God will catch the things that are important for us, not us. 
And so he wants us to take his hand first, to seek first the kingdom. And that could be the sermon for today, but I think any right-thinking person here this morning in Oran Park would go, what does that really look like? I have a metaphorical canoe. I have a metaphorical river. What does it look like to seek first the kingdom in this day and age? And so I want to think with you this morning about spheres of your life that could be impacted by seeking the kingdom first. I want to think about what it looks like to seek the kingdom first in your shoes. And I was trying to think of shoes, right? Shoes are hard because if I put a man's shoe up, all the women go, oh, that's not me. If I put a woman's shoe up, all the men go, that's definitely not me. And so I went with bowling shoes, which is the one shoe that all of you will wear. How good's that? Okay, great. So in your shoes, collectively, church, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about what it looks like to seek the kingdom first according to your life package. Our life package idea is your set of responsibilities, your set of relationships. Okay, what does it look like to be you, not the person sitting next to you, to be you and seek first the kingdom? What does that look like? And in order to have us uh, do that, what I've chosen is seven potential spheres, seven potential parts of our life that could be reordered in an adventurous way. And the adventurous thing that we're going to do today is, I'm going to get Andy up here, come up, uh, Starry, and sit up the front here. Starry, yep. Uh, I'm going to get um, Andy up here, and what we're going to do is we're going to work through number one first. And then I'm going to say to you, church, all right, We've got less time than seven of these, so you tell me where you want to go next. That's the adventure, okay? And we'll pick that bit, and we'll tell that part of the story until we've run out of time. Does that sound all right? Does that sound all right? Great. Oh, great. Sounds yeah, great. That's, you're, you're, you're on board. That's yeah. good. So we're talking, number one, the most adventurous thing I think we need to do first if we're going to seek first the kingdom is actually to choose Jesus, is mm. to choose Jesus. Jesus tells this, uh, this wonderful story uh, of engagement with him. Uh, do you remember Mary and Martha? Uh, Mary and Martha, Jesus comes to their place, and, uh, and Martha is the one who's doing the housework. And she's trying to make sure that everything is sorted out for Jesus. And I can empathize with Martha to some extent. If the Lord is in my house, I want to make sure it looks pretty ship-shape, right? I want to make sure he's got something to eat. Are you comfortable, Lord? You're all sorted out. And here's her sister... Her sister is sitting on the ground at Jesus' feet, listening to the teaching of Jesus. And this exchange happens. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus commends the sister who sits at his feet and says, she chose what is best. She sought me first. So what I've, what I've got for each one of these uh, spheres is some pictures, uh, sorry, that you've uh, sent to me that helped tell a bit of a story. So tell us about these. So this was from a Coldplay concert uh, last year. And, uh, so you're pretty close. Yeah, my, well, my wife bought the tickets and she thought she bought good tickets, but when we got there, uh, we really couldn't see the band. <laughs> so, which was, it was fun because we're in a stadium, there's lots of music and lights and that was fun. Um, <clears throat> about three quarters of the way through the concert, I noticed there was this little platform not far off and uh, saw some guys just, you know, picking up some music stands and things and placed them. I thought, so we kind of shuffled our way across to that. And suddenly Coldplay appeared. And they were over there and invisible, and then suddenly they were right in front of us. And I think that was, that's my understanding of what God did for us in Jesus, that Jesus was, that God was distant, seemingly, and then 
God moved into the neighborhood through Jesus and just startled us. And that was certainly my experience in terms of God meeting me. Um, and, and at that point, it was like, well, of course I'm choosing you. <laughs> You're here. You've done all the work. So, yeah. Uh, you got a second picture here, mate. That looks a bit more adventurous. Yeah, that was a bit more. So this is, this is actually uh, a mountain stream in Kazakhstan. And I think that was just reflecting on terms of that choice that we make. There, it, there is a sense of bridging, isn't there, into this new life as we choose Jesus. And, and this, this bridge, it's kind of, it's beautifully gnarled and old. And I think for me, there's this wonderful sense of the, the ancient story that we engage in when we, when we put our trust in Jesus, that we're standing on millennia and millennia and millennia of God's faithfulness and we step out um, on, on a, and the wooden, the wooden bridge is obviously the cross, right? So, yeah. It's great, mate. So we, we step towards Jesus. So what I want to encourage you, I guess, today, as our first point, what does adventurous look like? Adventurous looks like choosing Jesus in your family. And for some of you, choosing Jesus in your family means going against everything that your family is about. Everything that your family is about. And so it's maybe I've got a friend I know whose family are atheists. That was, that's his household. That's, that's what it's like. And I'm praying, he sat in this church once, I'm praying that we see him here again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said to me, my family are atheists, but I've always believed that there is a God. And so what I want to say to my friend is, mate, you know this. Somewhere inside you, you know this. And although it would be really hard socially and whatever, choosing to take the hand of Jesus in the midst of your family, although you might be ridiculed, will be the best decision that you can make. And I want you to see enough of Jesus that you can think that that step onto that bridge mm. is worth it and will hold, and I want to help you to choose Jesus in your family. Mm. For some of you, that's not your story at all. Some of you grew up in a Christian family. Is that many of you here? Oh, did I go back that far? That's, we just wanted to go one. Okay, Sorry. there we go. That's it. Um, so for some of you, it's actually choosing Jesus for yourself. So you grew up in a Christian household, and what I want to say to you is, you're not just carried along by your parents. You need to own Jesus yourself. There needs to be a moment. This was me. We, we grew up in a household like that, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We were taught to pray and say our grace and whatever. But there, there was a time when I had to say, this is my decision. I'm owning Jesus myself. And that was a pretty big decision for me and obviously for you too, mate. And so we, we did that. Well, when, when, when did you make that decision, Story? Uh, I can remember first praying that prayer when I was 12, actually. Yeah. But awesome. Had a very significant juncture point when I was 16. That was kind of where the lights turned on significantly. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, about 13, 14 for me. Yep. So. Mm. Awesome. So what, the first thing to say is what we want to encourage you is Jesus, Jesus is the first adventurous choice. And in some mm. families that might be totally radical and in other families that'll just be the norm. But what I need to tell you is you need to make that choice uh, mm. yourself. So what we're going to do, I'm going to go back to my menu here, the taste testing menu. There we go. <laughs> uh, Church, tell us another sphere that you would like to talk about Jesus helping you make adventurous choices in. And I know you're all waiting for someone else to do it. So if anyone says anything, yeah. you'll be the person. Brave, or else, yeah, yeah, or, or we'll else, do it. We'll just choose. Right. Some, sorry? Changing heart. heart. There you go. We're going to land on that one. Is that okay? That's the last one we're going to do. That's great. I love it. So, so the answer is yes. We're going to do that one. That's, yeah. We're going to do that one, our last one. That's great. One more. Finances. Ah, oh, yes. Finances. Excellent. 
Okay. Changing. All right. Finances. Here we go. Will it work? Yes. Wow. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. So adventurous is changing mm. finances. I want you to note what Jesus said, and it's very easy to just breeze past. This is just one mm. verse in Matthew chapter six, and Jesus says this: No one can serve two masters. Mm. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And we go, oh, you can kind of, Jesus, can't you? But aren't they sort of, and here's Jesus. He couldn't be more explicit, could he? Could he? You can't serve these two masters. Um, Sorry, tell us your your story with this picture here. Uh, This picture is, again, it was from a roadside stall in Kazakhstan. And interestingly enough, if you look at all those items in that picture, I think all those items were of great value at some point. But the person that was selling those things was old, poor, and just sort of cobbled together these items, put them out on a sheet, and hoped that someone would pass by and give some money for them. And I I was thinking about that just in terms of our lives and and what Jesus says about what we value. And he, he talks about us storing up our riches in heaven um, as opposed to cobbling it all together here because he says, look, it's going to rust. The moths are going to eat it and it's going to end up on a sheet being flogged by someone at a price and nobody's going to want it anymore. And and you know that from a car or, you know, things just lose their value and they they get stripped away. We see it with the typhoon or the um, wildfires. They just go. And I think for me when I was... Uh, in my late teens, God really got a hold of me with a vision of what's coming, an eternal vision. And at that point, he really, the thing that he wanted to talk to me about was what are you doing with money? What are you doing with money? Because, and I, I, really, I, was, I was just trying to submit my life to Jesus, but he kept talking to me about money. And in his wisdom, he got, got me really free of that at a really young age relatively young now. Uh, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's not something I revisit, but if you haven't actually, it's a scary thing to pray, I think, to actually take your money. God, it's yours. Do with it what you want. Because you don't know, do you? What's God actually going to ask you to do? But that's the adventure, because next slide. Um, yeah, that's, that's me in France. That's kind of cool. Um, but uh, we've just been amazed. When we, we, we took what we had in terms of the, the, the little guy with the loaves and fishes, like that story, right? It's like, Jesus, have this. And then God has just been so faithful. Because I think there's an intimidation for our culture, which is if you do this, you're missing out. Like if you give 10% to your church, for example, what are you going to... I mean, that's, that's a... That's just loading up your mortgage. Like, why would you do that? You're an idiot. And yet, and yet God's like, I've got you. I've got your back. I need you to know I've got your back. And so that's just, that, that picture is just God's faithfulness. We gave that up to God, and yet I saw God's no man's debtor, right? We've just been so blessed by God. I found, we found ourselves walking in Europe. We're like, but we gave everything up to follow you. What are we doing here? This is kind of cool. So God's just good. He's just good. He's looking after us. So we can trust him with our finances. Yeah. I think the message we get today from church is if I give my money to God, I'll walk in Europe. So that's the, that's the message. 
That's what we're trying uh, to say. That's not the message. So the <laughs> message is, so, so that's a beautiful expression of God's grace to those who are trusting by faith, mm. right? And, and it's not that if you, then he will, but the, but the underlying no. point is he is faithful. faithful. He sees you. And that's the reason for the birds and the flowers. Do you remember that the bit that Jesus had? Mm. That's the reason he tells us to look at the birds and the flowers, not because you'll be rich, but no. because you will not lack. Yeah. And that's just true. We... we uh, I won't tell all the stories. No, but, no, don't tell all the stories. No, but, but God just looked after us for, and we lived by faith, I guess, for 13, 14 years, and God completely looked after us. Um, he's very, very good, very, very faithful. So I yeah. want to challenge you uh, this morning, church. I, I want to say adventurous with your money is tithing mm. your income. And I want you to have a heart attack about that. And I want you to hear that I'm not commanding you to do it. What I've found is a similar thing that what Starry found. We, we were taught to tie our money from when mm. we were getting 20 cents pocket money and two cent pieces existed. Mm. Anyone remember such things? Mm-hmm. Right, so we used to give our two cents to the church. And, and I've, I tell this story to every, every time we do the partnership course, I tell this story. But what happened for me was we were practicing that from when we were very little and we, got, um, mm. we did a paper run for how long, Starry? A long time. A long time. Fifth, ten, ten years? <laughs> yeah, a long time. Ten years, something like that. Anyway, we, we were tied that. But, but here's the thing. When I got my first big job out of university, I was working for Phillips in their graduate program, and I got my paycheck, and I looked at that number, and I divided it by 10, and I went to the ATM. You remember ATMs? Anyway, I went to the ATM, and I took out 10% of my pay in cash and held it in my hand, and I had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I took it to church and I put it in the bag and I went, Lord, that's yours. I didn't have 100% of this a week ago. Mm. I didn't have 100% of this a week ago. I'm going to honour you with 10% of it today. And then a couple of months later, I was away for the weekend. And what I figured out was that I have to get two lots out for that week at church. So then I put two times that number into the ATM machine. I had a fresh heart attack. And I looked and I just went, Lord, this is ridiculous. Think of what I could have done with this, with this money six mm-hmm. months ago, right? But I didn't have it. It's the gracious gift of God, and I'm merely returning to his hand a fraction mm-hmm. of what he has poured into my life. And so what I want to say to you, there's no obligation to tithe at all. But what I've found is you break the back of the mm-hmm. ownership of money on your heart by starting at 10%. That's right. Mm-hmm. Starting at 10%. So tithe mm-hmm. your income. Um, consider the kingdom with holidays and mortgages. So I'm looking at a group of people here who mortgaged up to about here, is that right? And then we maybe borrow for our holidays and whatever. I, I know what it's like to live in Oran Park, okay? And I know what it looks like to look at your friends who are doing all these things on credit cards. And all I want to say to you is think the kingdom into your holiday and mortgage decisions. And then on top of all of that, what I want to say to you is growing Christian generosity because that's the joy. And so Caro and I have decided that we tithe to our church here and then we give as the Lord directs us above that. Mm. And so IJM, we're going to get onto that. Uh, mm. IJM, it's a conversation we're mm. having. Uh, but IJM is a place I'd love to give my money beyond mm. the church in Christian generosity. I want to encourage you to grow in Christian generosity. All right, mm. that's finances. Easy, right? Bang. All right, what's next? Habits. habits. I heard habits. Great. Yeah. Let's go to habits. Adventurous is changing your habits. Changing your habits. I absolutely love this story. This is in Ephesus. In Acts chapter 19, we read this, that the gospel's been preached and people have come from 
pagan backgrounds and become believers. And it says this, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Isn't this awesome? That was their livelihood before. That was their power. That was their identity. And they burnt it because they'd found Jesus. Starry, talk to me about this picture here. I'm looking for the connection. That's right. So that's an echidna. Um, what do you think the echidna is looking for? Ants? Yeah, we all know what the echidna is looking for, right? I mean, my kids didn't know the answer to that question, right? Oh, yeah, echidnas Well look done, for... church, by the way. Good work. Yeah, echidnas look for ants. Um, what do Christians look for? It should be that simple, right? Um, but it's not. And uh, so one of those things about our hearts is uh, I, think, I think God wants to... He, he, he actually changes our hearts. He changes what we want, which is extraordinary, isn't it? It actually changes the orientation of our hearts. But that takes time. And it takes habits. And, uh, and, so, and there's this idea that love is a habit. And so when we come into a community like this, and, and so whether it's giving, like Stu is talking about, or whether it's, whether it's just what you were doing this morning, actually, just with confession and prayer and, and worship and just, I love, was it Glenn? Glenn, I love that prayer, man. It was amazing. But just that habit of coming to God and bringing those things to God, then that through those habits, we change. It's not a one-off, and it's not a, oh, this, and then a big break, and then something else. It's actually daily rhythms that change what our heart actually desires for. So I just, I don't know, Stewie's probably going to talk about some habits for you, but I just think habits, I'm, I'm on habits at the moment. They're incredibly important. And this echidna knows to look for ants because that's all he does all day. And so as Christians, we need to grow into that habit of just seeking the kingdom and seeking Jesus, just like an echidna looks for ants. Yeah. That's great, man. That's a great, great connection. So I want to encourage you, as you think about your habits, um, thinking about your music you listen to. Mm. I, I remember, Starry, when we first brought... Um, was it gospel favorites or something, the cassette into yeah, our into our some, some black so gospel we, we, music. So when, when we really started seeking after Jesus, we've been listening to Triple J heaps and uh, we decided that probably wasn't the best thing for our godliness. And so what we did was I think gospel hot gospel favorites yeah. or something. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, On we got this cassette and, cassette and we started playing Christian music in our house. And I remember thinking, <laughs> we've gone weird. Mm-mm. That's because we had. Because we had. Yeah, that's right. Um, But but what it meant was that we were actually changing something that our hearts were devoted to, and we were putting in different inputs than we had before. That's right. So think about your music. Think about what you're reading. uh, Think about what you're watching and what you're surfing. Hmm. Think about the habits of input and think about how you can orientate them towards the kingdom. When you change those things, they'll feel adventurous. And they will start to run a different groove in your life so that you intend to go in a godly direction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Have we got one? Yeah, I reckon we've got another one in us. Sorry? We've got another one in us. Got another one in us? Okay, good. Because we're going to land on seven. Okay, so that's good. Um, One more. Work. Work. Excellent. Changing work. So being adventurous is changing the way you think about work. Uh, in Philemon, we heard this beautiful verse, and this is from the 1984 version of the NIV. It says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you may have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. The activity of sharing Jesus makes fresh to us his goodness. And then Jesus talks to some guys who are at work. 
And what did he say to them? Come follow me, he said, and I'll make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Sorry, tell us the story. Yeah, so part of me coming to faith in Jesus was actually Jesus then calling, giving me a calling, um, which was very much vocational. And so God called me to Kazakhstan when I was 16. Um, and the picture, picture of that guy is just, I guess, the other face of Kazakhstan. So I showed you the New Zealand-esque picture, but Kazakhstan's actually incredibly, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people struggling in that country. And uh, I was looking through photos yesterday not, not this guy, but another story came to mind. Um, part of what God called us into there was to actually help the poor. Jesus just loves the poor. And uh, I can remember I had the, had the privilege one day, we were, we were delivering a wheelchair to an apartment block. So we, we had to go up these four flights and we'd been given the address and we sort of took this wheelchair in and went to this door and we knocked on the door, right? Knocked on it again just waiting, waiting. And eventually we heard some shuffling, shuffling and some scrambling, and then a, the door sort of creaked open. And when you open the door, you sort of, you, you look at eye level, don't you? It's like, oh yeah, that's who I expect the person. Then we look down, but uh, yeah, no one at eye level, and I looked down and there was this old lady, a really old lady in this sort of patterned frock um, who had just dragged herself across the floor and they'd had a little, little wooden stool and had just propped herself up enough to be able to reach the lock to draw the door open. And she, she had no means of mobility and she hadn't left her apartment for seven years. And uh, so, but Jesus wanted us to bring that wheelchair to, to her because he knows her and he loves her. And so I just want to encourage you with work that, that God is calling us into his work. It's, our work fits within that big narrative, doesn't it, in terms of God restoring things and setting things right and reaching those that he loves. And so I know that's an expression, and I, and, and I had the privilege of being a very coalface expression of that love, but Jesus is reaching into the lives of people through all of us um, 24-7, really. Uh, so I want to encourage you just to yeah, see your work as that as that outreach activity that it is, whether it's finance, whether it's that sort of work, whether it's um, doing someone's electricals, it's all just valid expressions of his love into a broken world. So, yeah. It's good, mate. I've just glanced at the time. We're going to have to land. Uh, That's fine. So That's fine. I'm going to have to skip these stories, although they're awesome. Yeah. Because uh, I've got to get to the heart one that's right at the end. We do. Uh, which is here, back here, heart. See, we, we've got to keep my word. Um, adventurous. Oh, wrong one. Go back. Ah. Ah, ah. It's going smoothly, smoothly. Ah, no, wrong one. It's good to consider vision. Eight. There we go. Seven, changing hearts. Yes. Changing hearts. All right, okay, here we go. This is bringing it to land. One of my favorite psalms. One of my favorite psalms. Being adventurous is changing the longing of your heart. Not just your habits, but the longing of your heart. Mm. Psalm 37 verse 4, one of my favorite verses says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. You think, great, so I get everything. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What's the thing that you desire if you delight yourself in the Lord? It's the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Who will you meet? You'll meet God abundantly and satisfyingly. That is what this is absolutely about. Tell me this story quickly, sorry. I'm going to bring it to land. Yeah, just, just quickly. This is my son, Aiden. And
And uh, so he, so this was Lily's bike. Our daughter is a little older, and so we thought, how can we get this bike to Aiden? So we'll just give it a coat of paint. And uh, that just reminded me of it's it's interesting thinking about you know becoming a Christian or following Jesus. Is this just kind of a coat of paint? You know, is it, is it, do I just change some stuff externally? But there's that thing that is in that scripture again, that it's actually this fundamental, it's almost like a DNA shift. Jesus talks about being born again. It's actually, you are just at, at your, are given a new heart. It's, it's as deep as that, that the transformation is worked out in. And I, I think that's extraordinary. I had this experience as a, as a new Christian, realizing that I didn't love anyone. You know, when I was actually honest about it, I just didn't have any love for anyone. And I remember just being intensely grieved by that. And yet, I also remember there, that God started to work. And I realized one day, I was praying, I actually have love for someone. <laughs> I was like, God, in my cold, broken heart, you brought love. And I thought, that's, that's a miracle. And that's what God wants to do. Right? So, that's awesome, mm. mate. So being adventurous is seeking and following God's heart. Mm is praying for things that only God can do because you've seen his heart and you know his power. Mm. And it is a long obedience in the same direction. Yeah. Keep on doing it. Uh, last week we met uh, Count Nicholas Zinzendorf. Do you remember his quote? Can anyone remember his quote from last week? Here it is, you ready? Preach the gospel, die, <laughs> and be forgotten. Amen. Do you remember the glory of that? Preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. That is adventurous in this life that is filled with fame and self-actualization and all this rubbish. What God wants us to do is to seek his kingdom first and let the fame and fortune and whatever take care of itself. So I want to encourage you to remember the boat. I want you to think about how is the kingdom of God shaping the way I use my time, my treasure and my talents, all the things I fill my boat up with. Are they devoted to God or are they being swept headlong into eternity of loss. I want to direct them in God's direction. I'm going to let uh, Tamara finish with us as she, uh, she prays for our adventurous value.